the marinade. There's no O in marinade. Let's try it one more time. Ready? One, <laughs> two, three. <laughs> the marinade. Marrow. Marrow. Marinade. Bone marinade. The marinade. The marinade. With Jason Earl. Welcome to The Marinade with Jason Earl, a free-flowing conversation about the creative process with creative people. This is episode 64, and our guest is Nicole Adkins. Nicole is a singer and songwriter originally from New Jersey, who now makes her home in Nashville, and y'all, her new record, Italian Ice, is an absolute masterwork. I've been a fan of Nicole's for years, so this was a huge thrill for me. I highly recommend you go listen to that record and then dive deep into her catalog if you haven't been there already. Just incredible songs and an amazing voice. Uh, This record is full of unbelievable guests and we talk about that a little bit during this conversation i hope everybody's doing okay out there i hope you're doing all right and staying safe thank you so much for listening to the show everybody you can find all things nicole atkins at nicoleatkins.com everyone it is my distinct honor to present my conversation with nicole atkins What's up? Chilling. What's up with you? I was just watching Joe Biden like get super WWF on TV. Oh, dope. What was he saying? I I missed it. Dude, I don't know if you like followed like 90s wrestling back in the day. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So he was going full Ultimate Warrior. He's like, (laughs) Mr. President, blah, 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 blah. Mr. President. It was like, it was like shaking the ropes. Yeah, it was like Hogan when he's like, Hogan, I will get run over by a thousand lawnmowers, Hogan. Uh, like, I, hope awesome. he, I hope he does more of that. We need more of that. You know what? It's, uh, yeah, I feel like it's a first, and it's it's good. He's, yeah. Yeah. Got to give him the slam. Yeah. Um, hi, thank All you so right. much for doing this. This is great. Yeah, you, yeah, know, no you problem. have it in control. Yeah, you're clearly, clearly a Zoom expert. Yeah. You know? Totally. <laughs> Each time. So I where do, are you based? Huh? Where are you based at? Orlando. 
Orlando. Wow, is it hot as shit there right now? Yeah, every everything's hot. It's uh, it's the the weather's smoking hot. The uh-huh. um, the 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 uh, the air is thick with tension and stress. And <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. What about you? Um, I'm in Nashville. Nashville. Do, 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 do. Oh, how beautiful! I was talking. To, yeah, I was talking to my friend from Sweden. He's like, "Is this where you live?" And I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "So American." <laughs> it is kind of classic American. It, yeah, but it, that is like such a classic Swedish thing to say too. So uh, that's fun. But <laughs> how are you doing? But yeah, I'm all right. All things considered. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Trying to. Uh, trying to. Trying to. Um, stay out of the gutter. You know. Yeah, we've been talking about that a lot at our house. Just zooming out a lot. Just like. Yeah trying to 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 be aware of the moment but also keep perspective as much as possible you know totally which like i think i think uh you gotta allow yourself a minute to you know feel the moment too you know but don't i don't know i just i do better with action Uh, you know like with like doing stuff you know because it keeps me out of depression because depression doesn't serve me right at all so yeah I um I had a hard time I think when when the protests started and the riots started like that was that was hard just because like I think what's happening is so great but I also like worry about like COVID you yeah. know it's like the the movement and the moment at the same time of a pandemic is a lot. It is. I mean, we you know we had a few protests here in Orlando and I tried to go to one and it ended up being canceled for various security reasons. And then this, this was like early on, right? This was like Saturday that most of the protests really kicked off nationwide. And then the second time I tried to go, um, I was just uncomfortable. I, I I didn't, if you're going to tear gas me fine, but I didn't want to catch something I can go give to somebody else. People, half of them had masks, half didn't. People were super close to each other. And I felt this tension between like, dude, this, you always wondered what you would do in the civil rights moment uh, movement, right? We all ask ourselves that those of us who didn't grow up in it. Well, what I would do is I would fucking March is what I said. And then when it came down to it and the chance that I might catch something that I could give to somebody else, I could kill them. I was like, this is impossible tension. Yeah. I think, well now though, we just, we have a lot of different ways that we can, you know, educate people and, and protest and, you know, with the internet. Yeah. And, um, you know, so there's there's lots of ways. I think everybody's just like even getting your like parents to understand what Black Lives Matter actually means. You know, that well, is something that I'm seeing. Like I'm like, oh wow, this is great. And you not know? giving up on them. You know, that's the yeah. other thing because it's so easy in those conversations with my parents and my in laws to to feel the desire to say, well, they're in their 60s or 70s. They're not going to get there. Um, and I, yeah. that is just not the right attitude. I don't think. No, no, I, I actually, I hate it when people say people never change. I think like people totally change all yeah. the time. Yeah. You know, so yeah. don't lose heart. Right. Don't give up. <laughs> don't give up on your dad. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Uh, that's really, it's pretty starkly laid out, right? Don't give up on your dad. <laughs> yeah. Um, your record is so wonderful. I love Thanks. it. Thanks. I love it. It's, Thank I'm you. I'm crazy about it. It's, I'm, I'm amazed. So glad. Yeah, it's just, I'm amazed by like the 
it it's so big. It's so big in so many ways. There's all these amazing uh, personalities and legends of music involved. There's um, these songs are far-reaching, and they uh, a lot of them feel to me rooted in classic soul, but they also go in a bunch of different directions. And it just the scope of the project just blows my mind. And I I wonder if like you knew that going in, like did you go I'm gonna make this monster of a record which is how i see it i see this is like this larger than life monster of a record or did it just sort of like that's how it happened no i i feel like that's kind of what i heard in my head before i went you know it was just like yeah this like crazy like style mashup blowout in my head but like once i heard it actually like in real life you know i was like oh thank god (laughs) you know (laughs) Because sometimes, like, you know, you have an idea for a song and, like, there was this one song that I was, in my head, it sounded like, you know, um, Let the Sunshine In, uh-huh. you know, and it, it meets Pink Floyd. And it was like this, oh, my God, this is going to be the song. And I remember, like, trying to track it up in my room for a demo. And my husband's like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing. And I'm like, no, but if you could hear it in my head, yeah. you know, but it just like never happened, you know, uh, but I also like, I don't give up on song ideas either. Like it's, it'll be there for like, it just needs another part uh, someday to make right. it that thing you hear in your head. So you know? besides not giving up on it, how do you, how do you get it there? Is it, is that just constantly chipping away or are you, do you need to bring it to somebody else? I'm amazed by how many collaborations there are co-writes on this, yeah. all the other voices. How do you get from, I'm, I'm trying to make this demo and it's not coming together like the sound of my head to finally what you ended up with. I think like, you know, I always have, I'm always like I was trying to tell my friend, he's like, yeah, I'm just not writing right now. Like, you know, I'm just not feeling it. Like, do you like sit down at a desk every day and write? And I don't, you know, Mm. like, I mean, sometimes I'll sit down, but like, I just have come to this point now in my life where I realize that I'm always writing, you know, like, I don't know what I'm looking for until I find it, you know, like, and just like songs and melodies will come to me like, throughout the day or the night, you know, or like in my dreams, you know, and I just like write them all down and like record them like in my phone and like, yeah, I'm constantly like chipping away at them. And sometimes they, you know, need some uh, friend that's like either like a great lyricist or like a great piano player to like help me figure out like how to make it make sense, you know, or I could finish them on my own or like, it's just like you have all these like tools in like your kit you know and you know like it's nice getting older because your your toolkit gets way bigger right well how do you know yeah i've been thinking about that a lot recently too how do you know which tool to go to when like you got this toolbox you continue to add tools to it so how do you know when you need this tool versus another like i just I, I love meeting people. Like I like meeting new people. I like meeting artists, you know, cause yeah. I like, I always want to know like, how do you do what you do? You know? Yeah, yeah. And you just think about what the song needs, like for like never going home. Like mm. I knew I wanted it to be like a road song and I had like, you know, a certain amount of road stories that like 
I could put down. But then like Jim Scalunos is such a good lyricist, you know, and he, his life is insane. Like he should write a book. And I was like, can you help me write this song? Because I know like it'll be even better with some of your stories, mm. you know. And then once he started giving me some of his stories, then more stories that I forgot about came out, you know. So it's like once, you know, it's like once you can volley with somebody, you it kind of loosens you up and like gets your mind even like freer to to dive deeper. What is it about you that uh, and this may be uncomfortable to talk about because you're talking about I'm asking you to talk about yourself and brag on yourself a little bit. What is it about you that draws in all of these incredible people? The fact that you were able to get David Hood and Spooner Oldham and John Paul White and Seth Abe, I mean the Aaron Ray, the list of the people involved in this is incredible. Like what what is it about you that 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 draws people in that way? I mean, obviously your talent, but other than that, there's got to be something else that they want want to work with you. I think we're you know we're all friends, you know. So I think it comes down to like friendship and interest in the creativity and time. Mm. You know, like this record was definitely a a moment of like of time that just like things kind of came together where people were free at the same time and willing. You know, um, but I just, you know, I, I'm not afraid to ask people <laughs> to do things. Have you, you know? always been like that? No, no. I've always, I used to always be very, very afraid of asking people to do anything. Right. You know, and, um, but I'd always put things together. Like, even like when I first started going to New York and playing open mics, um, like I knew that like I didn't have my own sound yet. I knew I was able to write songs, which was exciting for me, but mm. like I wasn't writing songs that I would actually want to listen to, but mm. I still was like stoked that I could actually write my own song because I always played in bands and always played in other people's bands. Mm. And um, so, but I'm, I'm good at like making shit happen, I guess, you know, like, so I would like take the restaurant I worked at that I'd never get good shifts at, but I'd be like, Hey, I know all these musicians and Wednesday nights are dead. Can we have a music night? You know? So like, I would always like promote my friends bands and then, you know, just be in the mix. And then I remember when I like figured out my own sound, that's when I was like, okay, cool. Now I can like start like promoting my own stuff because like, I believe in it, you know? So I've always just like been in like the music world, like my whole life. You know, not like the biz, but just like always going to shows. It's like the only thing that ever interests me. That's amazing. What what is what made you believe? I think a lot of folks wrestle with that, right? Is like, at what point do I start to to truly believe that what I'm doing is something other people should be involved with, and that other yeah. people other people should consume? Did, was there some mm-hmm. moment that you had, or was some? Yeah. Like, how did you know? Like, I, I remember I was working with um, this guy, David Muller, in New York, and he was a producer. He was, like, the only, like, producer we knew, and he was, like, our age. But he, like, took my songs and then, like, put, like, strings to them and, like, just, like, rearranged them. And I was like, whoa. And it, it became something I would actually want to listen to, oh, you know? Wow. Like, I was, like, really into, like, Mercury Rev at the time. Mm-hmm. And, like, it didn't sound like Mercury Rev, but it gave me the feeling I had when I listened to them. You know, so it was like when once I was like had something that I was like, it wasn't something that I could just sing well, but something I could like listen to musically that like I'd be at a party and be like, hey, check this out. Like I was just like excited and I didn't think about like, oh, like, you know, like I, I wasn't like afraid to be like, you want to hear my song? Like I was like, dude, check this shit out. Right. Like, I was 
think, and I think a lot of people have that moment. Like when you're super pumped on your own shit, yeah. like that's, that's something like you, you really feel it and you don't give a shit, you know? Did, that's amazing. Um, did that change that realization? Like I'm super pumped on my own shit. Did that change yeah. your process at all? Your, your creative um, process? Yeah, it just made me more focused on it. It made me like, once I got like, I remember like once I wrote Neptune City, I was like, mm. ooh, okay, can we top it? Like, I'm going to write another one. Like, I would just be like more open to it. And I think like with songwriting, the more you do it, the easier it gets and the more mm. fun it gets, mm-hmm. you know? So like with, um, before Rhonda Lee, like, and after my first record, and I think a lot of people fall into this is like, you get the record done and you tour forever and then it's like, okay, we've got to write another record and you haven't been writing. And you're mm. like, shit, how do I do this? Do I know how to do this again? And, and the trick for that is just to not stop, mm. you know? So when we were touring Rhonda Lee and that was like the same time that I quit drinking, like, so a really good way for me to hang out with people rather than being like, hi, stranger, do you want to uh, go eat food in front of each other? You know, like, <laughs> super weird, you know, like, like when I moved to Nashville, people were like, let's get together and get tea. And I'd like fall into like an anxiety attack. Be like, what? And so now I just like, you know, when I meet people, I'm like, do you want to come to my house? And like, I got a bunch of art supplies. We make paintings and, or like, you know, do you want to get together and write a song? And like, oh, sometimes you do and sometimes you don't, but you get to know the person way better, you know, by like yeah. trying to work out a song with them. And, um, and sometimes you get a great takeaway. So it's a good way to make friends. I love that. And that really inspires me. I was thinking about co-writes the other day, just co-writing in general, whatever the work is, whether it's a song Mm -hmm. or it's an essay or something. Yeah. It's so hard to show, uh, for me, it's so hard to show other people something I've done creatively until I'm done. And then I'm like, oh, well, I like the sound of my shit, right? Like we talked about earlier. So I like this. I want this to be out there. But before it gets to that point, my ego gets in the way and doesn't want to let go of whatever I think it looks like. Yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes you might be right though. Mm. Like sometimes when you have an idea and you follow it through and you finish it, like you should trust that, Mm. you know, I think it's the ideas when you're just stuck on them forever and you know, like the melody keeps coming into your head for years. It's just like, okay. Like I, I met, I met this comedy writer, um, that wrote cheers and he's like yeah like comedy writing it's like sometimes you can get an idea finished yourself you know but when you, it's like when your car breaks down you call a friend for a lift mm. you know Wait, so how do you know when the car is broken down though like wh- i think you just know like uh. after a while you just gotta like you know if you if you're torturing yourself over it mm. You know, I think you just got to show somebody and even like they might not be able to help you finish it. But even just showing somebody might help you like all of a sudden your brain snaps in. It's like, oh, wait, no, I know what it needs. You know, like it's to it's to get you out of like that inner critic thing, you know, and I put like a lot of like little notes around my like room. That's like, you know, you you can't um, wait. What is it? I guess I don't pay attention to the note. But it's like you can't move. Oh, you can't move forward if you're judging yourself, you know, uh, or like, you know, that kill your darlings thing. Like sometimes like with with the first song on the record, A.M. Gold. That's my favorite like I had, on the record, too. Yay. Yeah. Thanks. 
Okay. That, that's one that I wrote myself, but like I didn't have the lyrics done when we did the music, but I heard all the music in my head and the music was, I was like, this is track one. And I don't know what it's going to be about because the whole time I thought that uh, the vocal melody was the line that and then I realized while we were playing it, like, holy shit, like Binky, play this. It's the vocal melody, but it's not like for six years. I thought it was, but it was really the guitar melody. So once I like realized that I was able to write, you know, a different melody for vocals and words over it. You had that melody for six years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it tortured me. Like I, I bet. Yeah. So yeah, and the original words too to it were disgusting. Like my <laughs> husband would always be like, "Oh, like," but you get these fake words, and it was, "I'm about to wrap in wrap in the stew. I'm about to ripen the stew." Gross. It's so like, gross. I love it the though. The fuck does that mean? <laughs> but like forever, and Ryan's just like, "Oh." Just like get rid of this song. I hate that. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you didn't you get know? rid of it. That No, me too. What a lesson though. You know, cuz yeah, that it's such a powerful song and it kicks off the album perfectly. It's such a Ooh. perfect album opener. Thanks. Yeah, and I like knew musically that it would be. I just like and then like the line we're stranded in the garbage of Eden. Yeah. Like that was always like a a fun like a line from a funny song that mm-hmm. w- about touring where it was like you're pissing out the window and I'm stranded in the garbage of Eden again, you know? And then like it all just came together one night where it was just like, Oh wait, that line goes here and this goes here. You know, it's like a repositioning of like all your ideas. Right. And it goes, you know, it goes from this, this idea of uh, touring or whatever, pissing out the window to like a greater commentary on the world today. Yeah. Yeah. I like fell asleep to the news talking about global warming. Yeah. You know, that's amazing. We, if that happens, are you mentioned your phone earlier? Are you a, are you pencil to paper and then dictating something into your phone with your voice, or is it all going I'm both. in your phone? Yeah, it all goes like notes in the phone, voice notes in the phone, but like then like written down on paper too. Because I saw you posted on Instagram and then it's on your website too. Lyrics mm-hmm. to the album. Yeah, are those original drafts or did you rewrite that? I'll write them in the book when they're done, okay. you know, cause I'm yeah. like, it's like, I always like want to like make them nice and like commit it to the nice book, you uh, know? Uh huh. Yeah. I've got one of those. I got one right here. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I got like the like scratchy books that are just right. like, there there's like lyrics for like five different songs at once working all over it. So yeah. That wouldn't you, be very helpful. <laughs> are you carrying those with you all the time, or is that? Yeah, like- I always have a sketchbook with me. Okay. You know, because like I always want, I I want to have, you know, the tool that I need for whatever kind of inspiration strikes. So I like always have a large bag and, you know, like paint markers and brush tip pens. How like often a, are you painting? How how often? Are every you day. Do- every day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I have to draw every day, or else I feel weird. You know, I just, I love drawing. Is that something you've always I like the takeaway. Um, I I did for a long time. And then once um, I graduated school, I went to to art school. And I like, I didn't study music in school because I didn't want to ruin music with school. Mm. I'm bad at school. So I decided to like, let's ruin art with school. (laughs) You know, and, uh, you know, but I'm glad I went to school because it just like, you know, I was always, you know, the girl that was in bands with people. Yeah. And I met people to like start bands with. And um, so, but I, I picked up drawing again when I quit drinking. Like I just saw this marker in a store that was like this like flat 
wide co- uh, Copic marker. I almost uh-huh. called it a COVID marker. Ah. Um, <laughs> Copic marker. And I was like, oh, that's a weird looking marker. And I brought it home. And it's like, got a weird corn tip on it. Quarantine, yeah. Drew this picture of a cat and like just like put it on like an Instagram story, and people were like, "Oh my god, can I buy that?" And I was like, "Sure,", sure. you know. And then I just started like drawing sad animals for fun, and like that, now I like love it. Wow, you know. How, so it sounds like stopping drinking had quite the impact on your creative process. Totally. Like I quit drinking because it was fucking with my creative process. Interesting. You know, like it made me like not want to do anything. Yeah. You know, even like journaling, like I was just like pretty dark, you know, like drinking, like it was fun. But then like after a while, like, you know, it just like, like I said, like, I don't like to sit in the dark spots too long because mm-hmm. like I can stay there too long. Yeah. And um, it just kind of like freed up a lot of my headspace to just do shit. Yeah. Well, let's go there then if we can. The you've mentioned the darkness a couple of times. You mentioned anxiety, you mentioned depression. Uh definitely a theme on this show talking about mental health. Yeah. You have a song called Saint Demphna, which I didn't know anything about until a, a couple months ago and our good friend Trapper Haskins has an album uh-huh. and he he's got a song about Saint Demphna on his album. So that's Is he from New York? Mm, I don't think Trapper's originally from New York. I, I just wonder because it's no. the name of the bar that we used to always hang out at. Oh, interesting. Like, so I didn't know about St. Dimphna until I like looked it up. Yeah. You know, because I was singing St. Georgie for a while and um, I was on the road with Mercury Rev and uh, we were playing at this cathedral in the UK and uh, I just had this idea for like a Morrissey type song because we kept talking like we're in... Um, Manchester and we're like oh let's go take a picture where you know Morrissey took that picture (laughs) and uh I got to the cathedral and this this idea like came to my head that was like Saint Georgie and so when I got home I was like I should finish that song it's cool and that's the thing too it's like I'll like like I have like you know some really good friends that live in Nashville that are songwriters and I'll be like hey what do you think of this and I'll just play them the shitty melody on the phone and if they're like oh that's cool then I'll be like okay I'll finish that. You know, it's a good, I I don't know. I think like having like close friends, you know, running shit by them, you know, just to see if they think it's cool too, you know, is a good motivator. But uh, when I looked up St. George as a saint, I was like, well, he's not that interesting. (laughs) And like, I had that, that line, I'd rather die than go out of my mind. And then I looked up, I was like, oh, I wonder what like our old bar saint, St. Dymphna is and it was like the patron saint of mental illness and we were like bingo wow like yeah that worked out well yeah that's one of those supposed to happen you know the universe making it happen kind of things that's amazing that you had that line i just took for granted that you had the concept of saint dymphna and then that line was serving that it came after yeah that was a yeah that was a lucky a lucky uh like an Easter egg from the universe. <laughs> That's so wonderful. So many lessons in that. Just the fact that I love that you don't give up on a lot of these ideas, that you continue yeah. to go after them. Yeah, and I think too, like ideas for songwriting are like puzzles, you know, even like fake words. It's like, well, why am I saying that line that sounds like these words? And then trying to unwrap how it, like how you can write it to fit into what you want it to be. So how do you not how do you keep those organized either in your brain or physically? Like, are they just everywhere? Yeah. Yeah. Like you can see like my, 
they're everywhere. Okay. There's books and paper. My life is just like, my mom's like, you're like your dad. There's little bits of paper everywhere. Yeah. Well, it's funny how I'll like, uh, I just recently kind of organized my studio and now it's a total yeah, disaster. Yeah, it looks nice again. and clean. Yeah, thank you. It's fine right now, but give me like two days and there's just going to be books laying around and notebooks and pens and guitars laying yeah. against stuff. It's just That just means you're doing shit. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's also interesting for me, at least, if I have a clean space, then I I do feel really good about going and getting to work when I have that totally. clean space. I don't know if that's like a reset in your brain yeah. or what, you know? No, it's like why I make my bed the second I wake up. Yes. You know, it's just like if I haven't done anything, at least the bed's made. It's at like a good did. base level. Yeah. Well, that's kind of, I want to, I meant, I accidentally cut you off earlier. You were talking about art. And so I wonder if that's related at all to the concept of, uh, and I forget exactly how you said it, but, but you like sort of the, um, I want to say you said you like the, the end result of the art. I'm, I'm trying to remember how oh, you the takeaway, the takeaway. So yeah. Can you say more about that? Yeah. I just like having something you can like hold in your hand. That's like, Oh, I made this. Mm. And then like, you know, like giving it to somebody, you know, like I like send art to people all the time. Just, you know, like I sell art at my shows or I'll draw something for somebody's kid. And I don't know. It's like the art to me is just like, it's a, it's a way to like have fun, but also it's a way to make money. It's a way to like brighten somebody's day, you know, like you could just send somebody a random bunny drawing in the mail and like know that like they're going to be stoked, you know, or like, yeah. I don't know. I just I like making people happy. That's awesome. But there's there's also like a a feel a sense of permanence. When I was listening to AM Gold yeah. yesterday, and it made me think about this: how like there's a sense of permanence to a tangible piece of art like that versus a song. I'm like in the back of my mind, I'm worried that all these songs that are put out digitally, but not in physical form, not in something yeah. that we're gonna keep, are just eventually gonna just be on some server and get deleted or whatever. Yeah, you know. But I always think about part. that and think like maybe that would be a good thing if the internet just went away. Right. Seriously. <laughs> you know, yeah. it would be probably. I mean, I we're mean, so everybody would be pissed. But yeah, well, it, it we we'd, just... we'd struggle for a while, but we would adjust yeah. and we'd go back to you know how we were before we had the internet. <laughs> yes, I like you know because I grew up like when internet was just starting to be a thing. Yeah. You know, so I guess I'd be gen like the the cusp of Gen Z. Uh-huh. And like, you know, getting a mixtape from Spin Magazine and then like listening to the radio and hearing like, oh, shit, like, you know, like Blind Melon and the Sundays are going to be in New Jersey and being like, when we need yeah. to get tickets, you know, like, I don't know. I, I miss discovering things in, in mm. that way where there isn't so much out there. Well, and, and also 100 percent agree. And also the amount of time that I spend with an album now um, mm-hmm. because I'm constantly, especially doing the podcast, like people are sending mm-hmm. me stuff and so forth. So, you know, I mean, there's 15 albums right now that I'm listening to that I'm crazy about, but I like I, what? Oh, Elliot. Give me Bron- three of them. Okay. Yours. Elliot Bronson's new record, uh, comes out soon ish. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, the new Chuck profit comes out on August 21st. Um, uh, what's out now though? Oh gosh. What is out now that I'm listening to that I'm crazy about? Um, besides your record. (laughs) Uh, I don't want to listen to my record. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, Have you heard the new Becca Mancari record? No. Uh -uh. Oh, it's so good. Okay. Yeah, Becca Becca Mancari. Um, It's called Hunter. It's so. Wait, no, it's not called Hunter. That's a song, but you'll find it. All right, I'll Um, check that out. It's it's beautiful. Oh, uh, Michael McDermott's new record, "What in the World." Okay. Is another one. That's one thing with like lockdown. Like I feel like I've been able to have the time to like listen to things deeper. Yeah. You know, like to like go for a walk and be like, I'm going to end my walk after this album's over. Yeah. You know, instead of just always having my day and snippets of time to myself or drive times. Yeah. You know, like now I have like more time to like listen to albums. It's really nice. I I agree. It I, is I, nice. I like that. Um, the new run, the jewels I did that with when it first came out and yeah. I don't know if you spent time with that, but it is, I haven't yet. Oh my God. Incredibly relevant. Um, and just, they always knock it out of the park. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a little bit of homework. That's funny. You turn the tables on me. We always end on what you're getting down on, like what art you're consuming. Like I was about uh-huh. to ask you that question, which I'm asking you right now. I like interviewing the interviewer. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Because I, I want to know. I know. I got to come oh. better prepared next time because I, I, I'm lucky to hear all these records in advance, you know, a lot of them. So yeah, these records I'll get fired up about and then I'll go to talk about it. Um, somebody just recently, a fan of the show, Jordan, just recently turned me on to um, Adia Victoria. And her record came okay. out last year, Silences. So I don't know if you listen to that. but that, Writing all this down. Yeah, it's like swampy soul. Um, I've heard of her, but I've never listened to her. Yeah. Um, I will now. Yeah, I got hooked immediately. So check her cool. out. Cool. Yeah. I have a record suggestion for you. Okay. This record, I'm like, how did I sleep on this record? Because I'm a huge fan. Um, Richard Hawley. Uh, and I, I feel like name. a lot of people didn't know that this record even came out. Yeah. Um, it came out last year or the year before. It's called uh, The record's called Further. Okay. And it's uh, his last name is H-A-W-L-E-Y. Okay. And it's like, holy crap. It's like Lee Hazelwood and Nick Lowe meets Mark Lanigan. Oh, wow. Like, it is awesome okay awesome great yeah cool like i was like listening to it and like painting like late at night and i like there's so many like musical parts on it that are so thrilling that yeah. like i was like like raising my fists in the air at like midnight like yes <laughs> like, <laughs> like what, i love it when an album makes you do that yeah what like, an incredible feeling and what what makes you do that other than music there's so few things that can make you feel that way you know yeah i mean joe biden's like wwf <laughs> mr president speech just made me do that i was like yes <laughs> like was the ultimate warrior your favorite 90s wrestler yes yeah me too. he was he was my dude it was oh whoa my dude you got a um, warrior figurine in fact. i have many actually like i said a thing like at a show once said uh you know i if you bring me an ultimate warrior thing i'll give you vinyl whoa. so like i my husband's like dude you need to tell them to stop because like we have so many of those like little tokyo toy dolls uh-huh. that uh he was just like other than uh, i remember like my first like loves was it was the who tommy uh-huh. and then it was um traffic and then it, in 1990 it was the ultimate warrior because i uh-huh. saw him and he was like he looked like a hair metal dude mm-hmm. like i thought he was hot yeah yeah <laughs> and and he was just so exciting like his theme music and everything and like yes. He just like, you know, that like feeling you get when something you love is happening, like that feeling in your solar plexus feels full. Yes. Like that's where the depression usually goes. But it's like 
you know, like when he would come in the ring, I just like, oh my God. And I, the first time I ever um, understood that life wasn't fair was the, I think it was the 1991 Royal Rumble when he was fighting um, Bobby, no, Ravishing Rick Rude. Uh-huh. And Bobby Heenan held his foot and he uh-huh. cheated. Uh-huh. And I was like, it's on video. He cheated. <laughs> and my dad's like, Nicole, relax. And I was like, no, no, he cheated. And like, I couldn't stop crying for days. Oh my gosh. And uh, then when he died, when he had his comeback, yeah, that was when my husband like first moved over from, he's Scottish and he moved yeah. over from Scotland and he was there with his best friend. And uh, I was so excited about the comeback, even yeah. though like I hated Ultimate Warrior as a man. He was a bad dude. Oh. Like he was a shitty dude. But his character, I was like, yes, he's back. And then like, we're in a bar and this is before I quit drinking. Like we're in a bar and, um, you know, we're pretty, pretty buzzed up at this point. And my husband looks at me, he's like, Nicole, I have to tell you this before you look at the TV. Um, the ultimate warrior died. And he said that I just looked at him and went, the warrior's dead. And I ran out of the building because I like started crying and I didn't want anybody to see me cry. And then this cop was like, ma'am, stop. Are you okay? And I was like, the ultimate warrior died. (laughs) And he was like, what? And so we're hugging and Ryan comes outside and he was like, Nicole. And he's like, it's okay, sir. And I was like, ah. And he's like, this sucks. Wow. (laughs) And then I woke up the next day and I thought it was like a dream and there were just tissues all over the ground. And I was like, oh, no. Wow. I really appreciate you sharing that story. I, that, it sounds like we were watching wrestling at the same time and, and yeah. just how much those, the, the characters from that time and baseball players and football players for me as well, but like yeah. how much the people from the stars from that time, how much impact they have on you, even into your adulthood is incredible. Yeah. Or even like David Lee Roth, yeah. you know, like yeah. pe- people from that time, they were just like larger than life. You know, like I feel bad because people are like, oh, you're into wrestling. Come over and watch Raw. And I'm like, it's not exciting. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think I think the most starstruck I've ever been was when I met the Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, wow. Where? Yeah, he when I was in college and he was his daughter, I guess, was in like a sorority there. And Uh so he was judging this pageant that the sorority was putting on. Weird. I wouldn't want my dad judging a pageant. No, let me explain further, I guess. I didn't realize we were going to (laughs) go this deep into this, but here we go. (laughs) It was like one of those, I don't know if they even do this kind of thing anymore because I think it might be problematic in ways, but like a Mr. Miss thing where the guys are are on stage doing the pageant, right? Uh Um, And they're going through different tasks and it's all a fundraiser. So this was like one of my buddies was in this pageant. Okay. Uh And he's up there like doing dances and, and one of them was like, you had to do a freestyle rap and, um, and like my buddy happened to be an excellent freestyle rapper and, and just crushed it. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. But the Macho Man was there. And so he, people were of course talking to him because it's you know it's college and we're all about the age that we grew up on the macho man you know and the yeah. ultimate warrior oh god and, i flip out yeah absolutely i was so nervous i was like hey how's it going it's nice to meet you he's like where are you from and i i blanked out i, I couldn't say anything but he was nice he was so sweet he took a That's picture great. with me and he was so sweet and just asked me questions about myself to get to know me i mean he probably gave That's me awesome. five minutes seriously it was, Sick. Yeah. That's so good to hear. Yeah. 
That's a, I met um, when we did Conan O'Brien on the first record, the special guest was Hulk. Mm. And I was like, I was never that into Hulk. Yeah, I almost yeah. like kind of treat it wrestling like I do music. Yeah. Like, if everybody likes him, I don't yeah. like him, you know. <laughs> but uh, he was there and I was like, oh, wow, can we? I'm like, I'm a huge wrestling fan. Can we get a picture? And he was such a dick. He was like, oh, okay. And we're like, okay, everybody get together. And then his friend, standing next to him I'm like hi sorry to bother you guys I'm Nicole and he's like I'm Brutus and he was really nice and I was like are you Brutus of Arbor Beefcake and he was like yeah and I was like oh and like I love Brutus and I was like you're my favorite yeah, yeah and like then like Hulk got like annoyed that we were all like doting over Brutus he's like do you guys still want to do this or not and we're like yeah oh and, that's um, so fun um, yeah it was okay. really fun I, wish I, I know you gotta go picture. soon but yeah. more more wrestling encounters real quick so uh, Ric <laughs> Flair I met Ric Flair at a bar in Gainesville Florida and he okay. was a delight he was like awesome. so sweet same kind of thing like asking questions this was probably 20 years ago that's but great just so cool and uh, the other one I met other wrestler from that time I met that was incredible was Chris Jericho Chris Jericho okay. was yeah. just so great. He was a little bit he later. He was like a really like affable dude. He that's you know, how he came like across. A likable guy. Yep, that's a hundred percent how he came across. I um I had the, my other wrestling connection is uh, the Iron Sheik. Oh, like I had uh, this girl who her name was Psychic Mojan, and she was like a, a, a like a super fan. She was like, I really want to meet you after the show. Um, I know you're a fan of my uncle. And like she came backstage and she like gave me all of this Iron Sheik stuff and like I was like your uncle's the Iron Sheik and she's like yeah and like we're still friends. Wow. And sometimes like he'll like tweet my stuff and like you know like I remember like I got his uh, nephew who's his manager I got when we were opening for Nick Cave in the Bad Seeds like I was setting up merch and like the the nephew comes up and he's like hey you want to talk to Sheiky and I was like hey what's up and he was like hey Baba yeah, have a good show tonight and I was like this is crazy. <laughs> that's so fun oh my yeah, gosh it's cool uh, Nicole this is more than I could have expected that was a blast <laughs> I, I didn't 10 minutes on wrestling is uh, uh, not, not expected but greatly appreciated <laughs> yeah you got it <laughs> uh, your record's amazing I'm so grateful Thank for your you. time this is such awesome. a pleasure Thank you so much. Well, stay well Thank you. Uh, yeah. bye Nicole Atkins, y'all. Thank you so much, Nicole. Thank you all for listening. I'm telling you, sit down with Italian Ice. There have been so many wonderful records to come out in 2020, and this is among the best. The song you're hearing in this episode is Domino off of Italian Ice. NicoleAtkins.com for all things Nicole. This record is my favorite of hers, as I mentioned earlier, but her entire catalog is full of just incredible albums head over to marinadepodcast.com for all things the marinade including concert photography written pieces the marinade store which is once again offering our black and white hats made by dome hats out of jacksonville florida they're available for pre-order right now and they should be here within the next week or so so i'm really excited about that Um, i'll be posting more about that on social media speaking of which follow us at marinade podcast on all your socials except 
TikTok. We are not on TikTok, and there's little chance of that happening in the future. I am a fine dancer, uh, underrated and underappreciated dancer, but um, I will find another venue to show off those skills. If you really like what we're doing, please consider joining our Patreon community, where for just a few bucks a month, you can get updates about the show, access to our Patreon-exclusive show, Jason's Journey, and more. Our patrons keep this thing going, and I love y'all so much. Thank you so much for the connection that you have to the show and to me personally. Uh, for folks who aren't patrons, we had a Zoom happy hour recently, which was just so much fun. So if you can swing it, patreon.com slash podcast. If not, just tell a friend about the show. Um, subscribe on your podcast app, follow us on social media, share things that we post about the show, links to the show, quotes, things like that. Um, tell somebody uh, about our socials, tell somebody about marinadepodcast.com. Word of mouth is the best way to really uh, bring more people into this community we have that is so much fun and, and gives me so much joy. All right, y'all, it's time for what I'm getting down on, the segment where I talk about the art that is inspiring me at the moment. My partner Chris and I watched The Invisible Man, the the new one that came out last year starring, um, maybe it came out this year, starring Elizabeth Moss. It's a thriller. Um, we loved it. It's that perfect balance between kind of um, mainstream appeal and something outside the expected narrative. It's spooky and... Um, and and suspenseful, uh, really fun, uh, but also kind of, you know, kind of scary. So check that out, The Invisible Man. Um, I've been listening to a lot of great stuff recently, music-wise. Um, oh, before I move on to music, wait, sorry. Welcome to Chechnya on uh, HBO. And it's about this really horrific set of events in Chechnya where the the government in partnership with the Soviets um, are pur- literally purging gay people. Um, and it's just heartbreaking to, to hear the stories. Um, you know, it got me really thinking about how the role that the marinade has as an ally to the gay community. Um, I, you know, I take that really seriously and, and hopefully that comes through. And if, if it doesn't, I need to be called out on something or, um, or if you feel like I can do more, please let me know. Because I just think, like if there's anything that that art can do, it can it can help people to feel heard and feel safe. Um, and I want that to I want this to be that kind of space um, for for everybody. But um, you know, it's especially dear to my heart, um, the LGBTQ community to to be an ally for for that community is really important for me. Um, and so you know, I want to make sure I'm continuing to keep mindful of that. And I'm aware of it. But uh, also, if there's anything I'm doing, that's not communicating well, or I can do better. um, Please let me know. All right, back to music. I've been listening to a ton of great stuff. Like I said, my morning jackets, new one, the waterfall Two. it's just such a special record. I love it. Um, You know, Chris and I had not been dating very long when the first one came out. And um, it became like the soundtrack to early parts of our life. We saw them live in St. Augustine. It was an incredible show. We had the best night. Uh, it's just so much fun. Um, really fond memories with good friends. So uh, this second one I had high hopes for, and it, it lives up to the hype. Uh, I recently signed up for a trial of Sirius XM, and I'm having so much fun. It, it's really cool to explore things in that way. You know, I kind of figured... 
uh, Sirius XM is the kind of thing I only listen to when I rent a car, right? <laughs> like if I'm out West, this is really where I'm renting cars typically. And, uh, and if I'm on a hiking trip or something exploring. So that's the only place I've really listened to it. And, uh, and so I knew Outlaw Country. Um, and there are several, several uh, musicians that I got into through XM. And the reason why I signed up for the trial is we recently recorded with the great Chuck Prophet, um, who was in the band Green on Red, which I got into because of Sirius XM years ago, traveling through Utah and Wyoming. Um, and it was about, about this time of year, really. I, I saw Widespread Panic uh, play at Grand Targhee Resort there in Idaho and hiked the Grand Teton uh, Trail and hiked in the White Cloud Mountains and stayed in Yellowstone for a few days. Just like an epic three-week hang where I was just one of those parts, those times in my life where I had the money to do it and I had the time to do it and I was single and I just kind of, and I just went for it. Um, but those are really fond memories. I experienced so much and met so many cool people. And it just brought, those memories came flooding back and it made me think, you know what, maybe I should check out SiriusXM because uh, it turn, it has turned me on to so many great artists, but then I just put it down after I get home. So I went ahead and did a, a trial, which I'm going to stick with. I'm going to subscribe uh, once the trial is up. There's so many cool stations like North Americana so cool uh, there's you know it kind of focuses on Americana music in Canada and I guess I've always known that Canada is a hotbed for American roots music folk country all that kind of stuff there's so many great musicians who've come out of there and so many great musicians who have ties to Canada in that world but I'm kind of experiencing a new awakening for me people like Corb Lund uh, our friend Cat Clyde and then, of course, you know, going back and listening to some of the legends, Neil Young, Leonard Cohen, some of those folks. The other day I was doing some writing, and by which I mean I was scrolling through Twitter, getting pissed off at Florida's governor and the president of the United States while putting a sentence here and there on the page when the band Fast Romantics came on. They are a Canadian rock and roll band. One of those, like, uh, I just had this conversation uh, recently where it was like, do you ever get frustrated that you haven't, you didn't know about a band before and you weren't really into them before? This is one of those kinds of bands. Uh, but now I'm, I'm in, I'm, I'm fully in really, really cool stuff. Beautiful harmonies, great writing, um, catchy hooks, just a, just a cool rock and roll band. Um, so I, I recommend checking them out as well. Y'all that's all I've got for now. This was so much fun. We have so many cool things coming up. We got Chuck Prophet on the next episode. Our friend Trapper Haskins uh, coming up after that with a bonus episode. Gosh, what else? We've got uh, the man that Questlove of the Roots calls the Stephen Hawking of music. Um, just so many cool things coming up with the show. And so thank you so much for listening. And thank you for all of your kind words and for spreading the word about the show. All right, y'all take care of each other. Until next time, if you can, go out and create something. If not, don't beat yourself up about it. Just please be safe because I appreciate you so much. Either way, until next time, cheers, y'all.